This event uh, was put together by Dan from Loopers Unlimited and uh, the soundtrack team. We're here in the soundtrack recording studio. It's a very nice room for those just listening on the podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank Soundtrack for hosting this. I really look forward to this session because I'm more of a picture guy, so I don't know too much about sound, so I'm looking forward to uh, the team taking it away. So I'll let, uh, without further ado, let you take it away. Thank you very much, guys. So I'm David Woods. Uh, I'm a post-producer, post-supervisor, post-guy. Um, post-guy probably is just the easiest thing and the most common name thrown my way. Um, so this is the intro to ADR, and um, I guess the way, the place that ADR should start is with Locked Picture, which, uh, you know, Woo! Yes. Yeah, we're assuming a lot, but we got a lot of ground to cover tonight, so we might as well start with a, an optimistic outlook on this whole process. Not Latch Picture, huh? I don't know what that word means. Picture. I don't know what that word means. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you, you've worked hard, you've slaved for weeks and months and years on the most perfect two-hour film, hour-and-a-half film, hour-long TV show, half-hour TV show, short film, etc. And you are ready to start post-finishing, specifically sound. Um, and you bring in somebody like Sean Garnhart, our supervising sound editor extraordinaire and mixer. Um, he comes into your edit room, and maybe we start with uh, you talking about how you approach that whole sure. endeavor. Yeah, all right. Sure. Hi guys, uh, I am Sean Garnhart, like he said, and uh, <clears throat> I, we are going to talk about ADR. What, what does ADR stand for? Additional dialogue recording. It could also mean automated dialogue replacement. It's, it's all whatever you want it to be. The basic thing, what you, what you guys want to know is it's adding or replacing dialogue in post-production that wasn't shot or covered in production. So whatever you want to call it, that's what ADR process is. Why do we do it? Well, there's a ton of reasons why we do it. One reason is to replace bad production recording conditions. For example, if there's heavy winds in a scene, whether they're natural or man-made, let's say you're in an action scene and the costumes and the hair is blown all over the place, but fans are doing this, uh, maybe the dialogue is unusable, so we would need to maybe replace those lines in that scene. Uh, Another reason that comes up with bad production recording are planes going by. Maybe you're doing a piece, a period piece in the Revolutionary War. Planes going over would not make much sense, so you would want to replace those lines, perhaps, using ADR. Another reason we look for uh, in bad recording conditions uh, is crew or camera movement. Let's say there's a very intimate scene with two people sitting on a couch talking, and you hear creaky footsteps in the background, and it's not a horror movie. That would be bad. So we'd want to probably replace those lines to get rid of those creaky footsteps. They, come, they, they, they become distracting. Another one that we deal with all the time here in New York is our beloved traffic. And that, uh, that's always a toss-up. Uh, if you're shooting an exterior, is it going to be usable? It's always uh, <clears throat> interesting to see. Another reason we do ADR is to clarify or change the story. Uh, for example, if it's a new television series and you're introducing the characters, oftentimes that happens several times throughout the show, and maybe maybe the shot that's in the, uh, the locked cut of the show has our main character picking up a phone saying hello, and as that's tested or as it's going through the process, 
we realize we need to know that person's name. So maybe the editor, the picture editor, decides to use an over-the-shoulder shot of that person, and we bring that actor in and say, this is Gary. That's another use of ADR that automatically lets the audience know who that is, but that wasn't in the script. Another uh, thing we use ADR for is, or clarifying the story, would be time of day. Sometimes it's not necessarily clear. It might have been clear on the page, but once you see the final shots and the final footage, you're not sure what time of day it is, and the, the, the audience needs to know that to understand the story better. So you might just have the little boy run outside and say, thanks for dinner, Mom. And all of a sudden, you know, oh, yeah, okay, it's the evening, it's after dinner, I get it, I'm, I'm back in. Unfortunately, sometimes the need for clarification of these stories is uh, more readily and more easily realized once production is wrapped and all the shots are cut together, but that's why we're here. Another reason we do ADR is to add detail, uh, which engages the audience more. Uh, example, in crowd scenes or restaurant scenes, we, we add specific walla or people talking. We add grunts and efforts for fight scenes and on-foot on, on chase scenes, again, to, to make the action more, uh, I don't want to say hyper-real, it actually feels more real when we hear that stuff, even though it- Visceral, maybe. That's good. I like visceral. That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we might even use these sighs and breaths during a sex scene. Uh, again, it's just to help bring the audience closer to the intimacy and the action of a scene. So there are many other reasons why we do ADR, but I wanted to hit on a couple of those, and all of us will also allude to others as we go through the evening. But once we know why we're doing ADR, the process begins, and you have locked your picture. I love that he said that. Me too. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, so we spot ADR. Spotting is the beginning of the process. It's very important that the ADR supervisor gets the film and spends time alone with the film or the TV show before meeting with the filmmakers. This is incredibly important and time efficient. Uh, it may not be completely obvious to everybody, but if the ADR supervisor has time alone, that will save time and money later. So that's a very important point, I think, to make. When he or she is alone watching the, the piece, uh, they will flag things that they want to bring up to the filmmakers, such as the production sound is too noisy. I already got into that. Another thing might be if the line was recorded too far off mic. You know, I'm facing you here, and let's say the boom was right here catching me, but then I turned around, and all of a sudden my voice sounds quite a bit different, and then I turn around. Well, the boom guy couldn't turn around and get me, so that line might need to be ADR'd so that it's consistent with all the other lines around it. Another thing the ADR supervisor will do during this alone time is research production alts. Oftentimes, a scene is shot plenty of times where the actors and actresses are saying the same lines over and over again, but that plane during the Revolutionary War period piece we were talking about may have only happened in take three, and even though take two is the chosen take visually, we might be able to cheat a word or a phrase using production alts that would then eliminate the need for ADR. So they, again, all of that would be examined. Another thing the ADR supervisor would flag alone is areas where group ADR or loop group could be used to accentuate the scene and help it. Okay, so once that alone time is done, then the ADR supervisor meets with the filmmakers. This is the ADR spotting session. And all of these things I just said are discussed. 
I mentioned story clarification. Oftentimes the filmmakers will have a better idea of how to clarify the story than the ADR supervisor because that's not really our role. That's more the filmmakers and the writer's role. And they, were, they will also, the filmmakers will also have uh, perhaps some feedback from the studio or from test screenings as to what didn't quite make sense. So they would be able to relay that to the ADR supervisor saying, yes, we do need to write a line here that will help us understand who this person is or what time of day it is or something like that. Um, an another thing that is, is always discussed at these sessions with the clients is the weight between ADR and production. I've walked into so many of these meetings where the director says, I hate ADR. <laughs> I think we've all heard that, but maybe that person has had a bad experience with ADR. Um, if it's done correctly and everything else around it is done correctly, it's amazing. And it's, 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 a, it's actually a beautiful art, but uh, it takes art, time and money and care. And uh, maybe that person didn't get that that time. Um, another thing that is discussed when we're all together with the clients is group needs. And again, we'll get into that. Okay, so then after the spotting session with the filmmakers, the, the ADR supervisor then goes back alone again. And this is also a very important time to, to allow them to have time to make cue sheets. And you all have a cue sheet in your hand, I believe. Cue sheets are uh, basically where the ADR supervisor defines each line and gives it a cue number. But it also, so, so, so on the cue sheet, you can see it has the line itself. It has the length of the line, how many seconds usually. It has the location of the line. That is so important to notate exactly where in the piece or film or TV show the line takes place. And I think Mark may talk more about that to, under, to explain further. It also, the description is very important so we know what's going on. Another thing that is often included on the description is whether this line is, should be said through a walkie-talkie or whether this line should be uh, if, if, a, if an astronaut is wearing a, hel a helmet, it's a lot easier to record the line using a fishbowl near the mic to get that realistic glassy bounce sound than trying to create that later. So if, that's, if all that detail is noted on the notes, again, it saves so much time and therefore money in, in the future. Sean? Yes, sir. Um, just to point out, you guys, uh, this is, uh, if you're looking at the Loserville sheet, um, uh, actually, I think the two... Uh, examples you have are uh, for group. Um, so principal cue sheet would look different. How? I think I think I see one possible difference on a lot of the cue sheets that I'm used to seeing. Um, sometimes on principal, you might also have another column that, and this also, I guess it's a little different than description, which also is maybe like a reason because it's often helpful for oh, that's a, yes, that's for true. A, a post supervisor or director or editor, whoever's in the session, sort of guiding or working with actors often having the reason there written is very helpful that's and very because true because you have so many lines you don't remember the reason and the, re the and, and for he's and, he means the reason like was it too far off mic was there right. too much production noise because a lot of times you know we might be in a session and the director says why do we need to do this anyway or what wh why are we doing this and then if you can just hurry up yeah. and listen to production go oh oh yeah that's why or sometimes it could be an accent or sometimes it could be uh hopefully not but a performance it could be you know just a, don't we really want, actors see we really want a different <laughs> shade of performance 
I'm very open with my actors. I always, <laughs> get, I always get to see why. Performance, but, um, performance. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't say bad performance. Do act better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, act better. That'll go I, over I, well. I think you probably have to. Yes. It is. It is the. It's whoever's queuing should be cognizant that lots of people are going to see this. Well, yeah, and that that is definitely a point I was about to make is these notes are so important. Therefore you need to allow time to make them because, uh, filmmakers often check these cue sheets before any scheduling is done to make sure everything's going to be covered. Cause a lot of times actors only have one or two sessions and that's it in their contract. And if they have to be brought back, it's not possible or way too much money. Um, post supervisors want a line count and it's so easy once the once the line or once the cue sheets are finished you can say oh yeah so and so has 10 lines we need them for an hour so and so has a day's worth of lines we usually uh count on 10 lines an hour is how we schedule um a lot of people are much faster many people are much slower but that's that's the average cue sheets are also used by the recordist which mark will talk about and everyone in the session, in the ADR recording session, which will be discussed, uses cue sheets. And those cue sheets are taken to the end of time. We are on the final stage, and so often we change takes right before Printmaster. So cue sheets are important. Now we've spotted. Then we call the post-super to start scheduling. So, yeah, you spoke about line counts. And... Um... And yeah, we, we rely on those heavily to help schedule time. So we'll see, you know, 21 lines for so-and-so. And and we do use the basic 10 lines equals about an hour. But it is, it is important. I like to go the extra level a little bit and actually see what are those lines, you know? How many of them are breaths or coughs or, you know, how many of them are, you know... They started, they started talking, stopped themselves. So there's like dashes. This is a, a note that someone in the audience always flags. Like how many dashes are there? Because the more an actor starts and stops, the harder the line is to re-record, as you could imagine. If on the day you just stopped talking and then repeated, kept going again, that would be hard to replicate over and over again. So you want to, I, I like to get a little better sense, not just line, no, use line count as a tool, but also how, what do I know about this actor? How good are they in looping, etc. And then... You're calling up the facility and hoping you can make this, you can align the planets that your very busy actor who, you know, when they're not shooting a movie is also doing a play reading and teaching a class and, you know, and going on a vacation to Bermuda and you really don't want to have to call Bermuda and find us uh, a facility there. So hopefully you're catching them in your native New York City and uh, you know that they're available on certain hours on a certain day. And you're calling up Carly. Hey, Carly. Hey, it's David, David Woods. Hey, what's going on? So, I um, I need to book a day for group next week for okay. the movie I'm working on. Uh -huh. So, um, do you have full day on Tuesday that we can uh, put on hold? Yeah, yeah. I got a first hold for you right now. You want nine to six? <gasps> ten to ten to six? You know, I really don't like going in early in the morning. Let's do ten to six. Okay. Who's your um, Who's your uh, group coordinator? Uh, Dan Fink. Oh, awesome. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work out the details later, okay. but definitely put that on hold. Okay. Let me confirm with him that that works for him and his group, and we'll go from there. Perfect. Um, but while we're talking, yeah. I also have, uh, I have, tw I have an actor with 21 lines that I need to bring in as well. Okay. Locally here in New York. Okay. Um, so maybe we can do them on, you have Wednesday from like 10 to 12? 
available? It's a second hold right now. Ooh. I have a pretty good feeling, though, that the client will release, but you might have to challenge for it. Okay. Let's, let me go back to the actor, because I think they also, I know they're shooting on Friday, and the play reading they're doing is Thursday night. Maybe I can get them in <laughs> Thursday morning. Okay. Let me check on that, and I'll get back to you. Okay, great. But we also have an actor that's going to be in L.A. on Wednesday, so we're three hours behind. So let's plan for an afternoon. Do you okay. have, like, that's only ten lines, so maybe we could do it, like, four to five, which is one to two yeah. uh, West Coast time. Yeah. Uh, do you know which facility you're going to be connecting with in L.A.? I'm talking to uh, Universal right now. Oh, okay. Um, I, I do have a first hold for that time. Does okay. that work for you? Yep. Okay, so let's, we'll probably do that. Let me just go get back to the agents and confirm that. Okay, sounds good. Do you know if you want to do ISDN or Source Connect for that? Well, <laughs> since I'm doing, since Mark DeSimone is doing the session, I probably will need to do ISDN. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that later. Okay, sounds we'll, good. We'll talk about that later. Awesome. Um, anyway, uh, thank you so much. No talk problem. to you soon. Thanks, we'll get back David. to you about confirming. Thanks. Right, Bye. See. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of stuff in there that'll get unraveled later. But um, I, actually, I just have a quick question, though. Is everything sort of tracking? Because we are going pretty fast, and there's a lot of jargon. Is anything, is there anything, we're using a lot of acronyms, too. And, and is anything not clear to anybody? Because we're just going to keep building on this, and I just felt like it was worth at least taking a moment. Um, so once you've scheduled, it sounds like, no, we have an audience of experts. I would like Carly to explain first hold, second hold talent. Ah, excellent. I think Carly should do that. Please welcome back to the stage. So a first hold means that you're in first position. No one else has the time on hold, so you get it. You get first dibs. Second hold means that someone else has first dibs on the time. So if they release, then you're all, you're square and good. And if you have to, if you want to put in a challenge, it means I then go to the first hold and say I have someone that wants to buy time that you're holding. Are you going to buy it or are you going to let it go? And, sorry, to that's okay. I should try to take a step back actually and talk about why this system even exists. Um, there's so many things you have to line up to for a session, and it's it's such a it's such a chore that actually it ends up being like most of someone's job on a show um, because you need to get the actor there. There's also probably a director, a sound editor, somebody. There's a number of people who have to get there as well. Um, you also have to get picture there. Um, guide tracks which are the audio split into dialogue effects music um there are lots of different things that have to be sort of coordinated and lined up maybe multiple facilities if you're in different cities um so the holds help you be able to work to that time confirm with everybody then buy it but it's a race because how many movies how many tv shows are trying to buy for those same studios at the same times especially with the amazing New York tax rebate, which has which has which has so much work coming to New York that it gets it gets busy, yeah. especially in the fall. Yeah. Especially certain times of year. Um, so that's why the system is even in place. Otherwise, it would be anarchy and everything would run amok. Mm -hmm. so, 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 so if somebody puts it on hold, they're not required to pay for it unless they get challenged and correct. they decide to either keep it. Or let if, it go. if I challenge, let's say that you have time on hold for a good example, a Royal Pains pre-record session, and I go to Antonia and I say I have someone that wants to buy this. Antonia has a first hold. I have time. I have a client that wants to buy some of this time that you're holding for your pre-record. She either has to decide whether she wants to buy it and then pay for it, or release it for the other client. Right. So if she doesn't use it, if, 
She still has to. If she buys it and then doesn't use it, she potentially will still have to pay for it. Because you say potentially. Maybe I can maybe I can sell it to someone oh, else. I see. So I see. So if someone else, but how would you know? Oh, I see. But and eventually time runs out and yeah. somebody has to buy it or not it, buy it. Okay, I'm sorry, but if you yeah. hold it, you have to either let it go. So if she doesn't let it go, then she's buying it. She's buying it, even if she doesn't use it. Yes. Okay. So that's the whole point. Yes. Okay. So that's why you kind of covered. If somebody wants the time, you're gonna sell it. Mm-hmm. People, but they, do they book a lot of time and just hold it? People, some people hold a lot of time because they're not quite sure what they yeah, need. I mean, you I know, try it. things are in things are in flux and, they, and schedules change all the time. You know, David might have an actor that's available from twelve to two on on Wednesday, and then all of a sudden they're not. Yeah, which and, you know. And I think it's a good practice for post supervisors, post producers, especially if you know you're going to be doing a lot of ADR on particular weeks or whatever. One of the first things I do when I look at my first post schedule is I actually call and start holding time yeah. for all sorts of things, ADR being one of them. Like an hour? Like if you I'll, I will hold, I will try to hold every day yeah. of every week, nine to six, <laughs> until it's you. for the course of the project. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If I can't, yeah. and, and then and then just wait for people to challenge it. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. So let's say you want that somebody right, Trisha? want just for an hour. <laughs> right. Okay, but if they didn't get done in the two hours, but nobody else was coming in. Then there would be the option to go longer. I see. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's probably not the most interesting thing we're going to discuss tonight, but it's but it's definitely something that's a little tricky and um, and and requires some coordination because ultimately, at the end of the day, the time and the date matters a lot. It matters a lot to people. Yeah. I mean, it's really important to remember that this is all very this is all very human. It, it all is based around a performance and. Um, at its particular time and date. So time and date's important, so I'm glad we spent a little time yeah. on it. Anyway, um, so once you have that booked, you've, I've, I've been challenged, I've bought it, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and now we've coordinated with everybody who needs to show up there, um, especially like our big time principal actors. We come into a place like this, and hopefully we have somebody as talented as Mark back there to, uh, to help get what we need recorded as well as it can possibly be done. So I turn it over to re-recording mixer, ADR mixer, Marky Smith. Thank you, thank you. No. Uh, first of all, thank you for Ben and Megan and X and, and Dan working so hard to put this together. This was, uh, you guys did an awesome job getting, getting everyone together. Uh, I'm just going to touch on principal uh, ADR for a uh, a little bit, and uh, Sean did a great job of explaining uh, many aspects of ADR. I just want to add a few other reasons that ADR would be done. Sometimes on a film, there would be a sound-alike. Sometimes you can't get the main actor, and they'll bring in sound-alikes. Uh, you know, Dan hires many, and they'll come in just to tempt what the director or the writers want, just to make sure that they know what they're doing when they bring in the the main actors in the show. So sometimes that could go on for, you know, a week or two. Sometimes it could go on for a year. A year. <laughs> and then after the year, then the mains come in and they spend a day or two and do their part and it's it's over. So I think that's a, a big reason. Uh, another reason to uh, do ADR, as uh, Sean mentioned again, was uh, added lines, change, change in script. Uh, and that uh, becomes very important. Sometimes there's a three-minute scene they shot and there's a certain emotion at the beginning and a, and a different one at the end and possibly in the final cut it becomes a one-minute scene. So you need to bridge 
hopefully two or three lines. It would be nice just to bridge from that one emotion to the other. So because you've cut out two minutes in the middle. So there there's a lot of reasons to do it. And it is uh, it is a little bit like going to the dentist. It's painful, but necessary to do at certain times. Uh, we try and make it as painless as possible uh, when we can just to try and uh, keep everyone comfortable here. Uh, we're going to show uh, a small clip from uh, a film, a, a Kind of Murder, that was uh, in New York production, and we did uh, uh, a lot of work here on it. And it's a great example of principal ADR needing to be replaced because of uh, technical problems. Uh, sometimes it's a little performance, as, as David uh, was speaking about before, but this one will be more... Uh, more about technical. Uh, also, if th there's a term called looping, which everyone uses for ADR, and and looping, if it, it it started years ago when it was done on film and and mag tapes, and actually the editor, instead of giving you you had a cue sheet, but they put loops together, so it's basically a circular piece of mag tape that went on a machine and went over and over. And if the line was, I want to go to the store. I want to go to the store. So it set up a, a, rhythm, a rhythm, and then the actor would jump in every other one so they can speak with themselves. So that's where the, the term looping came from, just in case you hear looping or ADR. I think uh, uh, certain terms are important. They just exist, and you don't necessarily know why they're there, but uh, it's, still, it's still held on as uh, looping. Uh, another huge help, especially from a post-production uh, supervisor that I look for, is before something comes in is to reach out to the production sound mixer, the actual person who recorded the sound on set, whether it's on outside, inside. Uh, and then I would try and, you know, I'll ask Carly, you know, who's on this, and then we'll reach out, you know, to, to, to David. And hopefully I can get an email and reach the person who recorded it, just to say, you know, what mics did you use and any special instances? Uh, we worked on, uh, uh, you know, Sean and I worked on uh, certain shows and I couldn't quite match it. And I, I talked to the location person and they said, well, we just put up like four pieces of plywood and made it an office. And I was wondering why it was had this really crazy bouncy sound to it. And uh, so at least you have a little understanding. It, that's hugely helpful. Even if I don't use the same mic as they used on set, I'll adjust it because this is a different environment. The actor comes in and you put on the headphones and it's this quiet environment. It's, it's really difficult to, uh, to get the performance back uh, some of the times. So that, uh, that's really important, keeping the actor uh, uh, relaxed. And uh, so we're going to show, I think, Justine, we have our, our little clip of uh, a kind of murder. Thank you. So we're going to show just a little, a little section over here. And basically, uh, the this is the original production sound, and you can hear there's a snowblower because there's snow going, so they're, they're, the snowblower's out there making this big, wishy sound. And sometimes on different cuts back and forth with the two actors, uh, you hear a different, you hear a shh, 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 you know, so there's a different shift in ambience, which you, it's really hard to EQ out, and sometimes it'll destroy the voice a little bit, and uh, I'm sure Sean can relate to that a little, a little when he doesn't have ADR in certain areas that need to be done. So... Uh, we will play through uh, in one second, Justine. I know I'm jumping off here. Uh, basically, uh, the, the system, as I said with the looping before that goes in a, a rhythmic uh, way, uh, we trigger the talent, the actor, in with beeps. So they'll hear three beeps, beep, beep, 
beep. And where the fourth one would be is where they say their line. So it'd be like one, two, three, speak. So that's that's a queuing. That's been a standard queuing system for a long time. Another one is streamer. It's a white line that goes across the screen. When they both hit it the right side, then the <laughs> actors speak. There you go and speak. So uh, when when they were doing it on film, the editor would actually put three grease pencil marks on the film. So when it went by, you'd see three squiggly lines. So it's been adjusted uh, a little bit here. So what we do is we'll play this little section so you can hear the reason why it need, needed to be done. Thank you, Justine. Press, can you tell a lie? Why'd you go there? I wanted to see Kimmel. Why though? I, I don't get it. Well, I know it sounds crazy, but I wanted to see if he looked like a man who could uh, murder his wife. It, it fascinated me. It fascinated you? Yeah. Great, thank you. So you can hear at the end the, the, the tone shift. And, you know, you may think that, okay, well, we can just add some street sound to that. But when you get in the mix and you want to EQ their voices and separate them, it, it would enhance the, the bad sound of that. That's all the snow machine going uh, right at that point. So uh, we're going to play just one more time just to show you the first cue we'll do for uh, the brown haired, uh, brown hat uh, actor. We'll show three beeps and the line he's going to do. So we would preview this. I would say, okay, we're good. Let's do a preview and we'll see the first line we're doing. So a preview would look like this. Press, can you tell a line? Why'd you go there? I wanted to see Kimmel. So his line, I wanted to see Kimmel. He would hear it in his headphone and speak along with it. So he'd beep, beep, beep. I wanted to see Kimmel. Now, some actors work very hard to try and get the sync because you have to match up the lip sync you know it, it would be handed off to an editor to fine edit it but it, when you're first shooting it you want to get it as close as possible some actors have a very natural way of doing it and they can just jump right in and 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 do it some actors want to hear all the sound up until the point that they speak and have nothing and just follow their lips very very difficult to do i've you ever have a chance to try it it's uh, very interesting uh but some actors have a hard time. They may get the sync, but then the acting goes out the window because they're so concentrated on the sync. So we try and do whatever we can to give them the tools to give them another possibility of doing it. So we will we'll grab a sample of that sound, and the sample would be like this. I wanted to see Kimmel. So then they don't have to concentrate about the picture quite as much. So we would then do this maybe four or five times in a row. We'd play the sample. I wanted to see Kimmel. 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 So basically back and forth and maybe, and we would do how many, three, four, we try not to go too far. And then the director or the editor would say, okay, I like that third one or second one from the end or the penultimate if we're working with London. And then we would cut that in to sync. And, and just because they're following the same rhythm, it will fit in the, in the, uh, in the lip. So, that's uh, another way of doing it to make the actor comfortable. And then one other way to do it would be to keep the integrity of a, a scene or a performance. And a lot of times an actor wants to do more than one line, but it's, it's really hard to know where you, you jump in. So we'll set up multiple streamers and they'll do anywhere from two lines to a scene or sometimes there's a long pause between one line and they, 
they need the timing to get in. So here, we'll just show an example of uh, three or four lines for uh, the brown hair, brown hat uh, actor, and this is what it would look like with the streamers. Press, can you tell a lie? Why'd you go there? I wanted to see Kimmel. Why though? I, I don't get it. Well, I know it sounds crazy, but I wanted to see if he looked like a man who could uh, murder his wife. So that would be four lines, and it's 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 great. It's also great for the budget too, if an actor can do that. If you have a tremendous amount of lines to do, and then you could get a better performance that way. So we may shoot three or four complete scenes that way, and then we can go back and forth between the takes and use the best out of each take, because maybe they you know, hit a few lines on one take, hit a few lines on another take. So then finally, we'll show a little section here of the ADR. We'll take out the production completely, and this is what the ADR would sound like after we recorded the two of them. Impressed. Can you tell a lie? Why'd you go there? I wanted to see Kimmel. Why, though? I don't get it. Well, I know it sounds crazy, but I wanted to see if he looked like a man who could uh, murder his wife. So then at that point, so that's everything we did in the room here and cut into place. And then finally, when it gets to Sean mixing it or someone mixing it and, and sound effects get put in and, and uh, backgrounds and, and, and Dan and Bruce with the, the, the loop group and, and all the elements, then the little section should sound seamless as much as we can and we'll play that impressed can you tell a lie why'd you go there i wanted to see kimmel why though i don't get it well i know it sounds crazy but i wanted to see if he looked like a man who could uh, murder his wife it fascinated me it fascinated you yeah i'm a writer remember so that's just the example of the final product from bad snowblower to there. So uh, <laughs> pretty much it. The last thing I do want to say is I know Sean mentioned it several times. I, I cannot impress upon everyone in the world that the, the cue sheet without an accurate cue sheet, it is so important not just to be in the ballpark. Sometimes people say, oh, well, yeah, it's 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 there and we have the lines. But if you're not frame accurate on it, we we waste everyone's time, the production time, if it's not frame accurate because that beep, beep, beep. If that fourth imaginary beep doesn't land right where we want it to start, then Justine and I have to go in there. We have to re-cue every line, and it just gets the actor and it gets everyone out of rhythm, and it adds it just adds time and and money to the uh, to the budget. So the the cue sheets are highly important, and even with changes the morning of, we get the new cue sheets in, then we could, you know, just input the numbers, and it, it makes everyone's life a lot easier. And please don't ever use Source Connect, just ISDN. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going back in my booth here. Just to echo what Mark yeah. said about cue sheets. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a nice room. I, I can't imagine any of you think it's inexpensive to be in a room like this per hour. Um, and not to quote rates, it's it's more it's more than a few lawyers an hour to uh, to be in here. Um, Why is Source Connect not a? Um, it's 
we're just sort of being insider jokey, yeah. and since Mark's in the other room, and he'd have to he'd yeah. have to yeah. pipe in the voice of God yeah, to good, uh, to answer back. Let's talk about how great source. Let me just say, let me just say, or Skype. The majority, the majority of sessions between two studios are done via Source Connect, and it works great in many many situations oh, there, there are no, certain no. there are certain and 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 no, i'll say this neighbor. there is a sig the, the the difference in quality is 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 minuscule compared to the difference in price but we can there talk about that huge delay we can talk about that dependent on the internet connection yes there's a bad internet connection a huge delay and if you have an actor and a director who want to speak at the same time right after each other it will anyway, not be a happy scene. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. It works for the budget, though. I can't remember the last time I did an ISC in session. Anyway. Um, yeah, go for it. What generates these cue sheets? Is uh, they use program? you use it's, different it's, programs. It's a program right? called ADR Manager. Right. Uh, people have Excel that they've kind of uh, designed to, to do something like that as well. It, it's basically a, a, an awesome spreadsheet program. I mean, if I re-edit my film the night before and come to you with a oh. change list, with will this ripple through and yes it will right the short answer is yes yeah right. uh there is some we Not need, we, we need a little bit that. from you guys in order to make that work uh um but yes that is that's how that's the general idea and uh, another question is if you had um four lines of dialogue with are they individual moments on this cue sheet or would you run them depends on how long they are if yeah, there's like a monologue, you know, and how close together they are. Right. Yeah. If it's four lines that happen four places throughout the film, definitely. But if, oh no, I'm, I mean like as part of a larger monologue. Uh, it, 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 if it was a block of text, remember the streamers that Mark was discussing. It mm. all depends on how long the line is and how easy it would be to re-perform. Because those four lines may end up being twenty lines, or those four lines might be two. It just depends on how uh, an experienced ADR supervisor with actors knows how to and kind of delineate that yeah right yeah and and you you may have you'll have it cued maybe you'll have two different lines cued and the actor will say i want to do them together or maybe they'll say i'd like to break this up yeah. depending on how complicated it is and and it, part of that's based too on how you're going to edit it you know it's it's finding good places in and out but because you made a good point about the act it, you call I'll call them, it comes down to the actors it comfortable. does what, what the actor is comfortable doing. Some actors would need it to be 16 lines. Another actor might be able to, I can do this in one take. Yeah. Or, or I can make this one thing. Yeah. And th But the fact that it is already broken out for them to see it that way is usually easier than if we give them a paragraph to read. Right. And then we can talk, I, I, I think you're coming back and you, know, you can talk about some of the techniques too of that. I don't know. I'm not, but, I am coming Or back, I could talk on it really quickly right now. Go ahead. There are lots of different ways too. Like, you know, we'll take a line. So, some lines lend themselves to sort of be uh, uh, parroted so that you, you know, especially if it's like something off camera and it's like, bye, you know, okay, give me six in a row. So they'll do bye, yeah. bye, you know, di different variations. And, and we usually call those wild takes. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. the, and then um, some you know, there are different words for this, I guess, but sometimes you'll do like, if it's one or two words, maybe you'll do like a call and response kind of thing where Mark will sample it, they'll hear it in their phones and just repeat it. Sample, repeat, sample, repeat. Hear I want to see Kimmel. I want to see Kimmel. <laughs> I want to see Kimmel. I want to see Kimmel, you know. You're so. really good. Uh, <laughs> I, that's all I can think of off the top of my head right now. Um, uh, so this, you can't so do. this covers, this covers, you know, one, 
one actor, one single actor whose name we probably know, whose face we recognize. But there are, we didn't see it in that shot, but obviously we know there are movies where there are lots of people walking around the background or maybe in a restaurant, there's the people at the booth behind or the, you know, wherever. And as we know on set, those people can't talk. We have, A, we would probably have to pay them more. B, they would mess up our soundtrack because we want to hear the people we're paying lots of money to talking to each other with mics directed at them. Um, so we need to hire act, but we don't. We do want to hear those people at the end of the day when we finish our film. We we don't want an empty street with nobody talking. So we need to hire a group of extremely versatile actors to be everything we see in the background, all of the people's voices that we see in the background. So we hire somebody like Dan Fink, um, who uh, knows these versatile actors and knows how to get the best performances from them to uh, help really fill it out, help really make our film work. You made one mistake in all of that. You know uh -oh, what that was? There were two pass-bys at the end of that. <laughs> <I didn't>... <laughs> <laughs> and knows how to spot it. And there were two pass-bys that went behind and you heard them both, but we were what? Pretty invisible, right? That's kind of the point of the work we do. Um, again, I'm Dan Fink. Um, Megan and I kind of generated this whole night and thank you, because she was too shy to get up here. Um, and, uh, too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> or some people call it that. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, you know, we're, I guess, Luke, we're, we're like the harlequins of the whole process. We're, uh, um, we're the jesters. We come in at the end. Hopefully you've locked everything, because otherwise you might be calling me twice. Um, and uh, uh, basically what we do is we come in and we fill in all that background stuff. And sometimes it's stuff that you'll never notice, know is there. Sometimes it's uh, very featured. Sometimes it's stuff that you absolutely will notice. Um, uh, I just want to say right now, uh, so sitting in there right now, uh, the guy that looks like Tevya is Bruce Winant. He's my partner, um, my business partner, and he is, uh, <laughs> um, and we actually, we're going to, we're going to do a little live demo for, uh, of this for you in a couple minutes. Um, but I just kind of wanted to talk about, uh, a little bit before I get to that, of why you need us. And we all have sheets because we wanted to keep this really succinct and moving. So we bullet pointed all of our stuff. So uh, otherwise we'd be up here, you know, we'd be here for three hours. Um, so what we, you know, what we do is called Loop Group, ADR Voice Casting, um, uh, 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 ADR Group, all, they all mean the same thing. It's a group of actors that are brought together um, to sit and fill in all the cracks and do all the featured voices like I mentioned before. Now, uh, who are we? What do we do? Dave calls me and he says, hey, we got this thing. Um, come in and watch it. And so Bruce and I will go and we sit down with, uh, with Dave and uh, possibly the picture editor, always the, you know, the sound editor, the dialogue editor, somebody representing that side. We watch it and we go, okay, great. So we got that, that, this, this type of person, that crowd, this age. Oh, we got kids. Okay, are we getting kids contracts or do we need women who are going to try to sound like kids? We, we run the whole gamut, do a breakdown, and then we go, okay, great. Hey, Dave, how many contracts do we have for this? And then he gives me a number off and he goes, well, I don't know, how many you think? Um, <laughs> it's always the fun thing. And I always say 12. Do the phone call again. Hmm? You mean oh, yes, yes, yes. So, and, and the, the thank you, Sean. Um, contracts mean per person. Um, no, I don't think we have time for another phone call. Because you and Carly booked the whole month. <laughs> um, 
so, uh, so, that, so when I say contract, that refers to each actor. So basically, each actor is on a SAG contract, and, and so that's how that goes. Um, the range can be anywhere from 4 to 12, generally. Um, TV shows, smaller things, half hours, sometimes 4, 5, 6. Um, features, 12, 10, whatever they can afford. Um, it kind of is all budgetary, and indies, obviously, maybe less. Uh, that, that's a big range. There's going to be, actually, Ben and I are talking about, we're, we're going to arrange a whole evening, not whole evening, a short panel of... Uh, everything I always want to know about SAG. So for post coordinators and post supers that may be in the room, that, that might be helpful. That's a TBD. Um, okay. So what are we? We're like the sizing. I always like to say we're like the sizing on a canvas. If we're there, you won't notice us, and everything will sit beautifully on top of it. And if we're not there, maybe something's not right and you don't really know what, but there's a restaurant and there's people that you see, but you don't hear anything. So somewhere in your head, unless it's intentional, you know, uh, an artistic choice, you're going, uh, you know, you're just perceiving it a little off. So we go in and we fill in all those things um, in various techniques and ways that we devise um, with, you know, a sound supervisor and editor, Mark. We, it's kind of like an all play. It's team sport. Um, and those things specifically can be a what's called a you know a walla bed or just a walla, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a wall of sound. Um, it can be a restaurant, nightclub, bar, big city street, stadium, whatever it is. It's nondescript. You hear a crowd, and oh, Dan, Dan, if this were one of my sessions. <laughs> um, actually, that is a really good point. When you're in the studio, there is no texting and there's no Facebooking and there's no anything like that because everybody, we need everybody to be present to the screen. That actually is, is, is something really interesting because while I may be working with Sean on one cue, there may be another couple on the screen that I want John and, you know, and Trish to be watching so that we don't have to keep replaying stuff and going, oh, no, 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 you're covering them. So... Um, so that's that. So, gen so a wall of it. General walla, a wash of sound. Um, there's also sound alikes, as Mark said, and, and Sean mentioned. And purpose of sound alikes is generally, you got George Clooney in a movie, you want to change some of the dialogue, but you don't want to use one of his ADR days, because maybe he's only got two. You call us, we find you sound alike, you throw that in. Or, for television replacement stuff. Television syndication, you know, if somebody's using curse words or there's things you got to cover up, the, a lot of times those things have to be replaced. Um, so there's that. Um, we pay attention to the geography um, and the language. There's that kind of stuff. You may come to us like when we did Rosewater. We had to find uh, uh, Tehranian Farsi speakers, specifically Tehranian Farsi who are SAG and live in New York and can improvise. Everything we do is improvised, by the way. It's very little of it's written. Um, and, uh, and so there's that. You gotta understand that and do not just, not, it's not just about casting, it's about casting the right people across the board, everything you're doing, so that the content is right, because the content dictates the energy. And if it's just something you're gonna sense in a final mix, as opposed to really hear, then that energy has to be right as it sits underneath what's going on because that's an element that's going to help tell your story. And if you got the right content, you're talking about the right thing, then that's generally going to, the energy is going to follow correctly. Um, uh, so that, you know, that leads into things like, is it a period piece? 
people talk differently almost every decade. So you have to have people that are facile with a period. Um, because somebody who can do, like, you know, we had to do a Walter Winchell the other day. And that guy talks totally different than anybody you've ever met and in a different way, different vocabulary, different rhythm, all that kind of stuff. The same thing goes with accents. Um, on True Detective season one, we had to know all of Louisiana and make Lafayette sound different than Baton Rouge sound different from New Orleans. Um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into not just the, okay, we need 12 people. Well, we need 12 people who can sound all these four different ethnicities and maybe some Spanish and oh, well, somebody's got to speak Farsi and oh, that woman's Japanese and she's speaking Japanese. Um, so there's those things. That all falls into it. Um, period. Fights and sex sounds. <laughs> um, and <laughs> um, you'll actually see an example of fights. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of that for you. Um, uh, we are not going to do some sex sounds as far as I know. Um, but, uh, you, know, uh, you, you're, you know, it's just true. Breaths, you know, efforts, grunts, things like that. Um, sex scenes fall under that. And if the principals, either if they didn't catch it in production or they didn't want to come back in, that falls to us. Um, if you guys saw Wolf of Wall Street, you know more about me than you think you know. Um, <laughs> um, we're, we're just all over that movie. Um, <laughs> um, source stuff. So if there's a, like the Walter Winchell thing, peri a period newscast, we had to recreate that. Um, if there's anything that, that uh, they can't license, can't afford to license, don't want to license, but they want to recreate, uh, Bruce and I had to recreate kind of like a morning show thing once. They wanted it to sound just like Opie and Andy, but they didn't want Opie and Andy because it was going to cost a fortune. So we ended up doing the, I forgot what it was, but we did something very similar to that. Um, so th that is like the big picture of what we do. Um, and it's... Again, it's all, all, almost all of it's improvised. Um, we're kind of like the, the we back cleanup, basically, kind of. We're like the, uh, the audio junk drawer in your kitchen. You realize, oh my God, we need this, we need that, we need this, let's have group do it, let's have group do it. Um, Utility knife. The, <laughs> I like that, I like that. a more complimentary like term than junk drawer in the kitchen. Okay, there we go, that's more complimentary, I don't know. <laughs> um, is there anything I missed? No, I love it. From that, and just to give you, this is just, I'm going to give you a quick list of the things that we have covered in the last two weeks, just to kind of give you the broad range of how versatile these, these people need to be when we bring them in. We have covered in the last two weeks, an FDR sounded like a Walter Winchell, a TV interview with Cardinal O'Connor, where we had to redo Cardinal O'Connor, the sounds of Plato's retreat in the 70s, <laughs> you can only imagine, um... A people inside a building when it collapses and then the survivors of that collapse and all of the EMP, EMTs and ESU that come. FBI headquarters, a luau, I know. Um, Christmas caroling, the sounds of people snorting, sniffing, and smoking pretty much anything you can think of. Plato's <laughs> um, Somebody almost dying of asthma and all of spring break. <laughs> so, and you know, that with small groups of people that just have to be crazy versatile and understand the vocabulary and the content. Um, that said, we're going to show you a clip. This is a, a movie that um, Megan and Mark and Justine and I worked on for Rick, who's standing there in the black. 
um, Rick was a supervising sound editor on this. It was a tiny little indie movie called Loserville, or it is. Um, are you nervous? <laughs> um, and uh, this scene, or this whole thing, package came to Rick with incredibly raw sound files. To be clear for talent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Grant, Dan McCabe, and Bruce Nielsen Winant. Um, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're coming back in here. Um, oh well. Uh, so this movie came to us with really, really raw sound files. They they kind of were all over the map and how how uh, how they, things were recorded and what Rick could or could not use. I want to do a disclaimer of when we actually did this group, and at the end of it, we'll play you what was recorded on the day. Um, since it's a high school movie, we use actual high schoolers, um, uh, but these very very talented dear people, you know agreed to come help us out tonight. So first we'll show you the scene, give you a little bit of context. This is Ryan, he's one of the jock boys, and that is Franklin, who you'll get a better picture of at the beginning of the scene. And he's one of the nerd boys. His best friend Chuck, who you'll see towards the end of the scene, has suddenly become a popular kid, and the popular kids let the nerd boys come to their beach party. And then Ryan gets some really bad news about somebody he's interested in and decides to take it out on the weakest link. So uh, go ahead and roll it. Hey, I'm hey. trying to go this way. Yeah? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, dude. dude. Oh, hey. hey, dude. I didn't say you could get up, hey. Franklin. Hey, peace, man. Peace. Chuck, get Franklin out of here. Chuck? Let's go. Great. So the story we have to help tell is this fight comes out of nowhere to a kid who's just standing there trying to walk across the sand. Um, and then what ends up happening is he very unexpectedly loses, you know, loses all sanity and goes after the popular kid, and then his best friend doesn't come to his defense. So we have to try to help tell that story. There's a lot of things we can do. We're just going to do a couple of, uh, you know, I'm give you a couple of the cues we did. The first one is we have to put in, because you heard there was almost nothing happening in the background there, right? Um, the first thing is we have to put in some efforts for Franklin getting up and throwing some punches. So, ready? Yep. Um, normally, we would have the whole room to do this. So, um, Mark, you look at the screen. Or... Yeah, what's... right there. We're going to shoot at that mic over David. Great. So, Dan, if you stand mm -hmm. here, um, one of the biggest things about group is the physic physicality one has to put into a vocalization, because you can't just go <coughs> ah ah. It doesn't sound the same. So, right? Yeah. We're going to yeah. do it from him coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chase it. Sure. Here we go.
Thank you. So normally, normally we would then play that back here, how that sounds. But just for uh, in uh, for time, we're just going to kind of pile these on top of each other, then play them for you. So, um, what, and what uh, the sound editor will then do is take Franklin's. That's Jeremy Lipnicki from uh, uh, Jerry Jerry Maguire. Um, they keep his dialogue and any of the words he said and probably use these exertions. Next, we have all of the friends trying to tear them apart. So, best way to do that, three of us. So we got, and chances are guys, just so you know, they'll have just seen this for the first time. They'll watch it through once and then we get up and do. So, um, so then this guys is just resist yourself. Franklin, Ryan, pulling them apart. No words, all efforts. Uh, no, we can do words. We're, we're going to be, we're okay, the guys okay. around. Here we go. <laughs> Whoa. This, hey, what, somebody? What's going, hey. Oh. Hey, what's up? Flip, uh, come on, uh, man. Just, God, why is he always like this? Short, oh, 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 Jesus. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, hey, come on. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Ryan, come on. Ryan, calm down, man. Hey, hey, relax, relax, relax. relax. Stop. It's okay. I can't believe he Jeez. hit like that. Come on. Good. Yeah. Next. No, hold on. <laughs> we got one more layer to throw on that. So, guys, now we're we're taking Franklin back up to the car. Can't believe Chuck's staying there. And Ryan's such a dick. Mm -hmm. Don't say dick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's another big thing. We are not allowed to curse no matter how blue a movie is. Here we go. And then just put some some walking in there. So just. Hey. God. Oh, well, what's up, man? Come on, man. Just, hey. Uh, right. Oh, jeez! Oh, uh, dude! Hey, hey, come, come on, on, come on, come on, come on! Shh, shh, calm down. Stop it! Come on, guys! Somebody pull hey, 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 back! Go, 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 go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Come on! What's... God, I can't believe you just stood there. What is he? Chuck, come on! Shh, Chuck! Wow! Shh, wow! Whatever, dude! Wow! Man. Unbelievable! Talk about Lloyd, hey. right? You okay, Frank? Some friend. Yeah, right. Jeez. It's okay. Let's take it with that. It's all right. His problem. Great. So now we're going to play you guys. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so now let them see. Now we're going to play you back the three takes we just did laid on top of that raw stuff. Here we go. Hey, I'm yeah. trying to go this way. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Oh, hey, dude. Oh, hey, dude. I didn't say you could get up, hey, but I'm glad. Hey. hey. Calm down, Chuck. Get Franklin out of here. Chuck. Let's go. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Talk about Cool. What's really ultra important there on top is just to have the performance not just in the room, but to have somebody like Mark, Justine, 
Rick back there mixing it in so you can judge so that, you know so that the team can sit in there and go oh you know what that that's a little hot that's a little this whatever um but hearing it played back in in proper perspective is huge for understanding what's gonna what's gonna make it to the final cut um i don't think we need to you want to do this okay great oh oh <laughs> Actors fall into the trap in, a, in an ADR studio of thinking we're in this room and not out there. So they have their very special way of reminding us to be louder. Um, um, uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, we were going to play you the, 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 the final thing, but it sounds actually very similar to what that is, just with a couple other gals in it. So um, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. So... Uh, I guess this is intro to ADR, but we're making a special exception for something that's very <laughs> special. Um, all of the sounds that, you know, obviously you don't spend a ton of time on set recording every little sound that you're going to eventually hear um, in, a, in a film or TV show. Um, so you rely on something called Foley, which is pretty exciting stuff. And I wonder why there's a car door here. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm going to introduce Alex Carpenter, uh, Foley artist. Um, yeah, you were going to, you said everything I was going to say pretty much, but oh. yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, I guess a good way to say it is, is Foley covers all the non-vocal sounds that are either missed in production or, uh, uh, captured, but that, but they're, you know, not usable in some way or they're, um, they're completely there, but they just need enhancing. Um, I'm going to do a demo of a, a movie called Green Room, and this is sort of an interesting example of a, a film that had really good production sound, but um, the the director and the sound supervisor just wanted um, it to be more, I guess, cinematic. So you, you, you have um, a scene like this where it's right near the start of the film, it's setting the scene for something ultimately pretty gruesome. Um, and you want to be there with them in all of their actions. Um, really, the, the, the production sound is good because I guess that it, it caught a lot of the things that they were doing, the props they were using and the body sounds and all of that sort of stuff. But, um, but adding, adding Foley um, just brings, brings you that much closer to the, to the action that's going on. So I'm going to get my car door. <laughs> <laughs> actually one of my favorite props what we're going to do is um have a look at the the clip as it came to us and you'll see that it that it it does actually sound pretty good let's play that now things you know a, a lot of the things that um were but that happens in a when you're sort of spotting a scene like that is you decide what's what actually is present and um what needs to be more present and one thing that was decided was that the cap coming off the car was was fine but there were a lot of a lot of other things that that needed enhancing and um 
what I'm going to do is not not do everything because there's there's actually a lot going in there, including footsteps, um, which we're not set up to do in this room. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's footsteps on grass for two actors. There's there's um, him opening the thing. The tube goes in the car. The tube goes in the the kind of plastic box, and then there's a the, the siphoning where the, the liquid is going through the tube. So I'm going to kind of perform it. I'm going to try and do all of those things in sync. That's probably not going to be in sync. We, <laughs> we want to try and save time, but um, really the way it would be queued is, is every single element would be its own queue. Um, so the, so um, it's not so much pressure to try and get everything in sync in one performance. I'm going to try and do that anyway. Right behind you. You can do it, Alan. Literally. Yes. <laughs> Just let me know when, Alan. Okay, give me one second. Take your time. It's like an old radio show. It is. It's like, it's it like is. An old you have the coconuts? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this prop is so good. It's it's it it can be used for car door openings, but it can be used for kind of any car thing because it's heavy and it has the the kind of weight behind it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready. Great, here we go. Floor a little wet there. <laughs> um, so that so I'm not sure if they recorded that, but we're not actually going to play what I just did. We're going to play the uh, the foley that I did back then when when I did foley for this film. And so you'll actually hear stuff I didn't do, um, including footsteps and and uh, a facial wipe and all of that sort of stuff. You didn't so do now, but you did this for this film. Exactly. Yeah, we're not going to hear the performance I just gave you. So can we hear just the pure Foley, no production? Absolutely. So there's a lot of stuff like that, you know, even things that um, that you might not hear in an environment like this, like the breath um, going into the the siphoning and all that sort of stuff. That that all really needs to be mic'd in a different way. So that's quite a lot of elements that that all come together in that scene. Let's um, hear it with the production. Here we go. It just you know brings you a little closer, and um, there's there's nothing vocal 
the, the only thing I think in Foley where vocals are involved, I mean, there's, there's a, there is actually a little bit of overlap, like um, breaths might sure. happen in Foley yeah. or kissing and stuff like that. Yeah. But you, you would do kissing as well, right? We do. Yeah. We do. So there's and believe it or not, you guys, options. totally weird thing. You can ha actually have the wrong person do breaths. You think that a is yeah. just a, but body size dictates sound a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be somebody that sounds like the same frame and the same facial structure. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a fascinating little like tiny little area. So thank you very much. <laughs> I'll get this out of the way. So. <laughs> and uh, for our grand finale, Sean Garnhart. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna bring it all together, right? I'm gonna bring it all together. I got one one clip to show you guys too. Those clips were awesome and, and great examples. But I wanted to provide one too, which we uh, mixed right here in New York. Uh, Tony Vellant and I mixed it. And uh, this, this scene that I'm going to show you, it's just a minute long, but it was delivered to us MOS, which means without sound at all. When the director was shooting this scene, there was so much, uh, so many stunts and so much rigging noise that the director basically said, I don't even want a sound crew, we'll do it later. So uh, the editor and the director sent the scene to me uh, after they had already worked with it a little bit. And uh, this is how I saw it when I got it originally. Oh, and while, while you guys are watching it, use your eyes and your ears and your minds to tell me what's missing. So it's actually funny without sound, but uh, what's it missing? Everything. Everything. Uh, and that's exactly right. But help me be specific because I had his responses, hitting the nature, falling, tumbling, rocks, debris, blood. Boom. All of that stuff. So being that it is an ADR presentation, I figured uh, we would show you what Andy Sandberg did when we brought him in. So go ahead and roll that. Oh, 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 oh. 
So then we went back into production there. You heard the rolling down the uh, ground. So clearly ADR can make things funnier too. That's one thing we had not hit on yet, that ADR can make things funnier. However, I didn't believe it. And I, and I wanted to show you the clip in the order that I just showed you to show you how much goes into uh, making a film sound correct because Andy did an amazing job. I mean, that was a brilliant performance, but it's still not believable because there's nothing for that ADR to sit in. So we brought in Foley artists, sound effects, editors. We added birds, winds, twig hits, everything. Kind of like what Alex just did amazingly in front of you, but uh, this is how the scene sounded in the theater. So there you go. ADR at its finest, right there. <laughs> awesome. I think, and I, and I, I think part of what this shows, and I probably could have said this right at the beginning, but um, you know, I, I, image is obviously very important. Picture is very important, but people are willing to actually go with, I would say, like perhaps a lower grade image. But I think people are not. I don't think audiences are as um, open to an experience that where where the sound is low grade. I think that's you lose people on that, and and without them knowing it, it's yeah. a subconscious. Exactly, thing. So. exactly, and and whether it be a spoken word, whether it be a missing sound effect, or just a soundscape, or just the whole world of the film, just it, it sort of hangs on the balance of that. I think um, I know I'm not I know that's not an original idea I'm just sort of repeating it and I, I think it's been said by so many people that I can't even ascribe it to anyone but um, I think hopefully we've shown that tonight and I think that clips <laughs> definitely shows it um, anyway I think that pretty much wraps up that's that's yeah the program um, so I hope this has been helpful do you want to I just you know up? what actually before uh, we wrap, I just want to say hey if you're not a member of the post alliance yeah. um, please talk to kind of anybody in this room especially Ben or Megan or me there's a lot of us here that can point you towards the right direction um, I want to make sure to thank X and Ted and and everybody else here at soundtrack that helped us out on this um, yes. yeah and, and then the folks from PNYA that came down early today to help us set up and get all this stuff going. Um, and that's what I have to say. And if you're not in post New York Alliance, I think you have to really you look at, you have to look at you yourself in the mirror and wonder why you are not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and seriously, take a hard look, take a hard look. Um, so I think that means we can, we're adjourned for wine and cheese. Yes. And I know I'm going to be thinking about all the sounds of the wine bottle <laughs> and pouring into the glass. And the sounds around me, yes, yeah.
We yeah. are we are happy to take questions either here or up there. Yeah, or in the control room, just, wherever you want to go. Yeah, just not in the hallway, guys. They're still mixing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we want to just like you know let people who have long commutes home. Any, um, uh, you know, set you guys free to uh, to go home. Thank you for oh, for yeah. being our yeah, MC. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, we're we're all hanging out. So down here upstairs, if you want to ask any questions, I and guess stuff should like ask that. really quick. Are there any questions we want to ask in front of? Okay, we can we can take them in, informally. It's kind of better that way anyway. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all for coming. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you guys for coming.